calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back once again to the League of Ultimate Questing, where you've got a front row seat for teams of adventurers from all over the five kingdoms clashing with challenges for fame and fortune. Watch in awe as dungeons are delved and dissected. Gasp with glee as menacing monstrosities are savagely slain. With me in the big chair is Stormclad Thundertongue, former champion, blossoming author, and my good friend. God's damn, I'm feeling good, Kip. I just got a deep tissue massage and a full body adjustment for my pals down at Clan Crackmore. Oh, he snapped me like a stale breadstick. I had an ache in my left shoulder for a while now. Turns out it was the tip of some old crossbow bolt. Must have been lodging me rent-free for like two, three years. I'm feeling as limber as a yawn tea. Now, let's get back to the nitty-gritty. We've been watching the Mortal Dawn on their first hero rank quest. Storm, what's your analysis of the happenings thus far? Kip, this is a classic search and rescue. Some antique Dornish noble cuts and runs so he can spend some quality time with nobody in the coldest, nastiest mountains in all of creation. And look, these kids are doing just fine, uh, but some one-eyed purple people eater shows up and the first thing they do is run and hide. I mean, it's a smart move and Fomorians are meaner than a mimic full of bees, but I'll be damned if I wasn't ready for a throwdown. As for this hidden grandpa, my dither is on one of two outcomes. He has some dark secret he's been keeping that caught up with him, or his expiration date finally came up and he kicked the bucket in a giant iron coffin in the middle of nowhere. Else, for all we know, the old coot's making lamb stew in the belly of that blumpy idiot while they're playing hide-and-seek with a bunch of big-ass dust bunnies in Uncle Isolation's Family Time Funhouse. A thorough and well-said play-by-play of the recent events. Well, folks, get cozy because it's time to check back in on the team via scrying Quadron Monitor and find out what secrets await them as they step into the unknown. Mortal Dawn found themselves in the heart of the Winter Throne Mountains, guided through dangerous, jagged passes by a group of gnolls known as the Eternal Fangs, leading them to the hidden location of an underground fallout shelter made by Taurus Melbar some ten years ago to find out what happened to the guy and why he stopped sending letters to his daughter. When they entered the cavity that the fallout shelter was hidden inside of, they encountered a massive, terrifying Formorian giant, and just before it became aggressive towards them and crushed them into dust they dived into the building getting a very brief glance of the interior before shrinking down to an inch tall i need all of you to make me a strength saving throw 17 from christ it's a big fat eight also 17 for her thanks nine yeah. <laughs> yikes actually real quick you're a goat you have advantage on this specifically because of an ability the goat has 
I didn't remember things about goats. No, I just remembered too. <laughs> just roll again. 11. All right. A little better, uh, but not much. So there is a huge cacophonous boom as one of the bookshelves comes tipping over. And at your current scale, that is quite an earthquake. Uh, both Artyom and Arvid the goat get toppled over onto their side and all of you slide several inches, which to you is quite a distance, across the floor of this tiny compound. And the loud thud is deafening and you are completely bewildered and lightheaded from the massive magical shrink that just happened. And from your new perspective, you can see the floorboards and the carpet are thick and the gaps between them are things you have to step over. And you can just from here see the base, like the underside of the table, towering like a huge monolith ahead of you. Everything is gigantic. What's what's between the floorboards? Earth. Oh, okay. So this must have been the magic I was sensing. Yeah, don't try to help me up or anything. I have Arvid an arm. <laughs> we grab you by the horn and kind of right you. <laughs> so this is weird. This is the weirdest thing that's happened so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm kind of missing the worm body right now. I don't know that I am. I think that was weirder. Not to me. Well, I knew that shrink spells were a thing. <laughs> shrink spells. Yeah. I didn't know city-sized worms were a thing until <laughs> very recently. And there's just a flickering light coming from way, way up at this incredible distance on top of the table from a lantern that you saw burning when you entered. Live underground for a while. Giant worms start to seem like a pretty normal thing. That was a really big worm. Hey, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a flickering light, which means someone's been here recently enough to light it. Guess we have to go investigate, right? So from your vantage point, you can see the tipped over chair, which at this point is just this giant construct. Um, there is the tipped over shelf with some books kind of toppling open and off to the left a ways. And then way against the back wall, which at this point is this incredible distance, is this huge old unkept bed. And right in front of that, there's this massive growth of like fungus and vegetation that managed to grow up through the earth into the compound that you saw. Does Chris get a sense that this magic is too strong for him to be able to um, interact with? You think that like this is just something that exists inside this space. Oh. Something very powerful. Like, you're pretty attuned at how powerful a magic needs to be. Something very strong is causing this. Mm. Like, cosmically strong. Cosmically strong. Well, guys, something about this is not quite normal magic. Arvid is um, already walking towards the, the living stuff. Um, <laughs> the goat parts of him are hungry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right back on you. <laughs> yeah. Saddle up. And just for everyone's reference, uh, the scale of things is, is going to match your scale of your character. So if you have a thing that's like 20 or 30 feet, it's shrunken down to the size that it would be if you were, in fact, your normal height. Okay. okay. While I'm writing on Arvid, I'm going to be holding my crossbow up, and then I'm going to cast light and turn it off. Light and then turn it off. At regular intervals, just keep doing that. Sure. Is the Fomorian still pounding on the roof, or has that stopped? You do occasionally hear a thudding, but it's so muted from inside of here that you can tell that the uh, structure of the compound is almost impenetrable. So at this point, it's just like a... So when the door was open, there was a little bit of reverberation as he struck into it. But once it's closed, it's just snug. Well, it's a good thing it's not smart enough to just open the door. The How does that thing become an apex predator if it's that dumb? <laughs> Lions are not very smart either, but that doesn't stop them from gutting you. So you're heading towards the, the fungus? Yeah. Sure. And at this point, it's it's like a forest to you guys. And as you're heading towards it, just keeping an eye over the wide open space of this tiny 10 by 15 room, uh, you see something metal up on the table slash desk tip off the side and descend and fall with a thud to you, which is quite loud, uh, into the soft patch of mushroom growth down at the base of the table. What does it? 
But we'll go find out. Yeah. Plus, giant mushroom forest sounds awesome. Yeah. Reginald. I am here. <laughs> Cute. Are you tiny like the rest of us? I seem to have changed in my dimensions, correct? Do you think your signal has gotten weaker? I am projecting normally. Okay, so that's not what happened to the other team then. Reginald, before you go, do you do you sense maybe a strong magical artifact around here? No. Hmm. And as you enter this thick, almost, I'm going to say gushy, <laughs> part of the uh, carpet, which has become moldy and damp, the, the earth beneath your feet is soft. Even the floorboards kind of give way just a little bit. You can tell that you're small enough that you're not going to break through, but there there's some give. And these mushrooms are three times the size of any of you. Uh, and they're growing quite healthy from the humidity inside of this little tiny hovel, um, either from all of the potential human skin that's collected over the years or just the dampness of being underground. There's a little bit of humidity on the walls and things like that. Uh, it's, it's a warm box. Uh, not uncomfortable, but perfect for growing mushrooms. I have good news for everyone. I pull out a spore from one of the mushrooms. I don't have to worry about inhaling them because they're the size of softballs. <laughs> <laughs> Weaving your way for what seems like almost like half an hour of walking at this point at your new scale, you get to near the heart of this mushroomy forest. As we uh, walk by one of them, I'm just going to take off a chunk of the mushroom and start kind of inspecting some properties and give it a quick taste, see mm -hmm. if I, anything unusual. It's not like super healthy to eat, but it's not dangerous or poisonous. It's just not not great nourishment. And Arvid has already been eating stuff as he walks by. Mm -hmm. Goat <laughs> Just feel the goat. Filling your belly with, with mushroom <laughs> nosh. Can any of us identify what kind of mushrooms they are? Sun caps. Just for Artyom. Uh, because they're a very pale yellow color and the tops of them crest outward. There's little tiny points from the underside that kind of look like sunburst. And as you get closer to this huge metal thing that you saw get pushed off the top of the table, you identify it as a massive can that would hold some kind of meat or food in it that has been emptied of most of its contents. Hmm. And it still has like a stink of whatever kind of fish or salted meat was inside of it. A little tiny bit has glopped out. I reach out. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> Grab a chunk. There's, yeah, there's, there's residue still in there and it's salty meat. You couldn't really guess what kind because it's been so preserved, but it is definitely edible and so salty. <laughs> <laughs> An eternity of salted meats. Imagine how long you could make your supplies last if you were this size. Hmm. I pull out my crossbow. Everyone to make me a perception check. Seventeen. Nineteen for Artyom. Very good. Ten for Herzak. Thirteen for Christ. All across the board, pretty good. Um, so you become aware very quickly that something is moving around you in this overgrowth of mushroom and closing in. You hear this occasional. Morty, where's it coming from? <clears throat> it starts looking in all directions and barking in like almost a 360 around you guys. Do you want the blast or shall I? You can. Oh, can I? No, thank you. I'll go ahead and hit, hit a blast. All right. You are all filled with the blast of sunlight from Artyom as you feel the... Uh... Oh, wait, no shit. That cost me a level two slot. You're, all your slots are the same. And odds are we're going to take a short rest before we take a long one. Yeah, it's half my spell slots. It's like an eighth of yours. I will promise you we will take a short rest <laughs> if you use blast for us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bless everyone, mm. including Morty, because yeah, it's a third level spell slot now. Oh, mm -hmm. God, that's sweet. Yeah. Morty is blessed as well. And with that, you see shapes moving quickly, very quickly through the gaps between the mushrooms circling around you. Would you describe the light in this area as being dim? Sure. Yeah. There's, oh, the, and especially with the mushrooms and the huge caps casting a lot of shadows. Cool. I stop moving and turn invisible. Okay. <laughs> I activate shard hide on top of the mountain of Ram. I just kind of like ready up. All right. Let's roll initiative. So what is everyone's initiative starting with Sam? 15. 
Uh, Arvid got a 15. Uh, natural 20 for a total of 21 for Haruthax. Very good. Chris got a 17 total. And I got a 12. So that is the initiative. The things that are setting upon you are not completely visible yet. They seem to be hiding and moving quickly in the uh, coverage of the massive mushrooms. So for both Herothax and Chris's turn, you may act normally, but you cannot yet see what it is that is uh, coming at you. Okay, so yeah, right right as this is like about to happen, my, my armor of shadows just kind of stretches across and like these black shadowy wings mm. stretch out. And just envelop me and hide me completely. And I just turn invisible. And you all see Harothax just vanish. And we can't see anything yet, so I'm going to hold an action and just keep concentrating on Bless, I think, actually. I guess I'll hold a Shatter spell if, if, a, if like a bunch of them show up and they're all super grouped together. I might just let that loose on the cluster. I want to. I would like to cast hypnotic pattern you create a twisting pattern of colors that weaves through the air inside of a 30 foot cube within range so the pattern appears for a moment and vanishes and each creature in the area who sees the pattern must make a wisdom saving throw and on a failed save they become charmed for the duration and while charmed by the spell they are incapacitated and have a speed of zero uh i'm gonna tell the party uh we should probably group inside this can while i try to keep these things distracted uh chris will actually you know start with a rhythm and then with that rhythm he'll start drawing in the air you know using his calligraphy skills Mm -hmm. and that's how he will cast a hypnotic pattern so he's holding holding it okay but that's what's gonna happen very good uh yeah would you like to use your movement to get into the can yes to get to just the perimeter cool uh my movement is your movement so yes that's gonna make it the enemy's turn and they will appear coming from all directions out in the mushroomy forest surrounding you. These figures emerge that resemble large carapace-covered insects that move like velociraptors. Massive cockroaches with hind legs and bladed forearms. Gross. Listen, after fleshy beach, nothing that law says grosses me out anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, those are pretty gross. As they come charging forward out of the mushroom forest at an incredible speed, I will inform you that for this combat, we are going to be using a uh, thing from 4th edition, which are the minion rules. Mm. There's going to be a lot of them. They're going to probably hit pretty hard, but they all have what is effectively one hit point in combat. Oh, wow. So it's going to be their turn, and they're going to move, and believe it or not, they move real, real fast. Uh, I'm going to give one of them a perception check to see if they can notice Harothax as they run towards Artyom because they're actually crossing your path. And they have a very keen sense of hunting smell. The rest of them, though, will be completely unaware of your invisibility. So I assume they will have to attack the ram before they can attack me? Uh, you can attack a person who is mounted on something. Oh. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> it's, it's just a truth. Um, it's more likely that they'll attack the ram because it is big, big meat. Uh, but it seems like they're probably going to spread out their attacks because they all get multiples. All right. So I got some rolling to do. I'm going to roll first the perception check for the one to see if it notices Harothax as okay. it kind of bumps into you. Is this countered by anything or? You can do an opposed stealth check if you'd like. Sure. That's another natural 20. So. Hell yeah. 21. So like you lift your arm nice. just barely as it comes ducking right underneath you. You feel the wind of it charging past you, but it has no idea you're there. All right. You are completely consumed by shadow. So I'm doing a real quick count. Real quick count. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have some attacks coming in at Christ first. Oh, no. Again, they're probably going to hit real hard, but die real easy. Yeah, well, that's that's Christ in a nutshell himself. So nope. uh, Two hits, one crit, one fumble. Oh, no. What do you mean? <laughs> Just what I said. <laughs> are you sure? My AC is 16 before shield. So it becomes 21 with shield. Mm-hmm. So that would be one hit, one crit, and one fumble. Still? Mm-hmm. 
Oh God! You'd, you'd well, stop. Well, the crits and the fumbles don't change. <laughs> right. Oh. oh, I'm gonna die. I just rolled a 100 on the fumble chart. Oh, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's bad for this thing. Okay, I'm glad it was the fumble chart. I thought they did 2d10 damage, and he just rolled 20. Whew, that scared me. I haven't rolled 100 on the fumble chart in fucking forever. A one in a hundred chance, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I in fact do believe it. All right. Uh, so the damage coming in at you, no shield. Mm, shield doesn't block any of it. One of them. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna block one of them. Uh, you take 16 slashing damage. Okay, I'm looking really bad, guys. And now, the ones coming in at the rest, there's going to be three attacking Arvid and one attacking Artyom. I do have my shield out. What's your armor class as a goat? I think it was the same. I think it's a 13. I can see your goat sheet from here. You can see my goat sheet and I can't? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's a 13. Uh, So against Arvid, that is five hits and a crit. Uh, 43 points of slashing damage. Holy Ungoated. Yep. And how far past wow. goat are you? That's five points. Okay, so you are back to Arvid and down five points. Cool. I rolled really good. They all hit and there was a crit. And who's attacking me? Uh, this chap. Can it still reach him from on top of my shoulders? That's the question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's all happening at the same time, right? Like Yeah, yeah. And this okay. one's like leaping into the air okay. like a velociraptor to kind of Ooh. come down on you. So Warding flare. The first attack will be at disadvantage. Oh, it gets two? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the first one misses. Cool. And the second one's a 22. Um, that is unfortunately a hit. And that's eight slashing damage. Oh, jeez. Oh, I need to put Morty on the boardy. Uh, and one attack is going to come at Morty because that one would have gone for the nearest target because Harothax, again, invisible. All right, so Morty takes 11 points of slashing damage. And with one massive wave of highly skilled hunting instinct, these beasts come diving and leaping and shredding with their massive bladed forearms in a frenzy of blood. And that makes it Arvid's turn. Hmm. Are we still trying to get away into the can? I think we're past that at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm pissed off. I was a goat and now I'm not. Rage. Rage. Very good. <laughs> you are in what is known as a target-rich environment. I, I might I suggest not raging. Why? Uh, mostly because these guys have one hit a piece. Like, we, uh... all we have to do is hit them. And there's enough that, like, in theory, if I use Radiance of Dawn, they're all dead. Like, that's it. Like, I use Radiance of Dawn, they all die. Because they because even on a successful save, they still take damage. Yeah, yeah, they take half damage. Yeah, they take half damage on a successful save. Do I only get one rage per day? Actually, I think it's rest. I think oh. it's fine. I oh, think yeah, it's yeah, fine. you're fine. Because we're going to take it. I'm, I'm planning on taking a short rest. Right, I was promised a short rest after this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, rage, and then... I'll Plus, do... that means you get to attack two things because of your headbutt ability. Ooh. Yeah. What up? I'm also going to be doing reckless attacks because um, if they hit me last time, five, five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. My AC is too low. Um, cool. So just going to swing at the closest one. You have three right on Three you. right on me. Yeah, take a swing at one of them and do like axe and then follow through and slam my head into whoever's next. Perfect. Attack one with the axe. Uh, was there a bless or something? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you have a bless. Yep, I'm still concentrating on bless. So. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot of bonuses to hit. That's a big hit. Promising. So this one that you hit with your with parody um, explodes as the necrotic blade hungrily eats up its entrails. Excellent. Now the headbutt, you also get to bless. That's a more, even more than the other Yep, one. and you bring your head down another, crushing the carapace skull in as it crumples to the ground, folding its arms and legs in on itself. What was his hypnotic pattern supposed to be doing? 
Uh, he was planning to drop it, and I'm just waiting for him to tell me when he wants to drop it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to use it. It's not worth it. I'm fine if you choose to instead cast a different spell, but you did hold a spell. Okay, Either that okay. or you'll lose your, your action. Uh, the spell I held will be Thunderclap. So before my turn, just I release the Thunderclap. Perfect. That's a great idea. Um, so those two basically just explode because <laughs> they're going to take a point of damage regardless of what happens. So as soon as they bury their claws into you, you just explode outward with sonic energy and they shatter some of their blades are still like stuck into your body, but they're the rest of them has just crumpled away. And that makes it Artyom's turn. Well, how many left are there? Uh, you have two right pretty much on you. And there are two more behind it. And if you'd like to make me a perception check, you are more than welcome to for a freebie. I will do that. That's not great, but a 14. Yeah, you can hear more coming from the, the from the forest. This is the first right. wave. We've got another wave coming, everybody. So maybe I'll wait on Radiance of Danda. I'm going to... Can I drop my shield and grab my rapier yeah you can do that as a interaction as a move action then i will do that shoot one of them and stab the other great this one is just five feet away so you won't have a disadvantage if you shoot it and this one is adjacent to you perfection uh let's start with the stabberoonie that is a 14 that makes it cool so That's a kill. Cool. as it comes at you with its huge mouth you just slide your rapier into its open mandibles and with a quick flourish rip it out Cool. And then I'll just kind of like spin around and give, give it an old shot. That's an 18 plus six. So. Using the pink prick. Yeah, that's it. All right. The heavy impact of the techno crossbow goes exploding out of its back <laughs> and it kind of flies back five feet and you hear the sound of as another bolt locks into place automatically. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and you use your move to uh, drop your shield and get your sword out, bringing it up back to the top. That makes it hot with axe. Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to soak the losing the spell because mm-hmm. they never got in an area where it would be good to shatter without hitting a bunch of other people. So sure. that's my last spell slot. None of them are engaged with me currently, right? There's just two on Morty. Yep. I will cast Shillelagh as a bonus action mm-hmm. and then whack one of them with the Shalalak. Would you like to step north or south? North. Okay. And whack that one on Morty's right. Spank him good. Uh, uh, like 17? Yeah, 17. Nice. Yeah, that definitely hits. Okay. Which, uh, as you smash it down, you lift your club up and it actually, the white roots wrap around it and kind of pick it up for a moment before it rips off some of the carapace and the rest of it just falls dead like a shelled crab. Sweet. And your it's staff colorful. actually consumes a little bit of the flesh that it ripped away. I gain temporary HP as part of my consuming essence ability. Uh, and then I will move from there to the entry of the can. And as you do that and step around him, you see uh, Morty, before you had left, turn to the side and just rip both forearms off of this thing with his massive jolly teeth and like fling it back and forth a few times and just spread insectoid entrails across the uh, mushroom field. And then I'm going to be like, come on, Morty, over here, come on. And tap my leg. <laughs> that brings us to Christ. You can hear more of them coming. They're not yet in your line of sight. I will ready another spell. Perfect. Can you give me a preference of what spell you're aiming for? Uh, Probably shatter this time. Cool. Great. For whenever they're just close. Totally. That will make it their turn. If you want to move or do anything else first, you can do that and hold your action. Just more into the, the safety of the can. Into the can. Yes. You feel your like, f- boot slide into some sloppy meat. Oh, Pretty gross. sure that the, the pungent smell of the canned meat is what drew the attention of these predators. <laughs> oh, well, I made the wrong choice. Mm. And you see another wave of them, even larger than the first, come pouring out. The creatures are larger or the wave is larger? There is There's more in number. Uh, basically, where the board ends, you can see another eight of them coming. Well, then uh, as soon as I, I see like two or three, mm-hmm. I just yeah, release can, the shatter. You can smash like these three with a shatter yeah. or these three. The three closest to you. If you hit the ones in the back, I can take care of the ones in the front. Uh, Okay. Are they going to get a move before our turn? They're going right now and they're about to act. So oh, okay. they've used uh, roughly 
30 feet of their 50 feet movement. They have about 20 feet left. I'm just letting okay. anyone take any triggered actions. Gotcha. So maybe oh. I do hit the close ones. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Then. Okay, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the close ones. Mm. Okay, they all die. Yes. Um, Three of them just explode. Go away. You hear a, a chittering coming from behind you, and you hear sounds of claws climbing on top of the can with a... Oh, cool. Oh, no. And these ones charge forward. And or this is how law ends the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm bored. So not all of them, because you destroyed so many, only four of them can actually reach you guys, which is good. Two of them on Arvid, one of them on Artyom, one on Morty. Woo! Uh, so on Arvid, there are two hits. You are raging, so you'll take less damage. So you take a total of seven from your rage. Two attacks on Artyom. That is a 21 and a 19. Both hit. A uh, total of 15 slashing damage. Jesus Christ. And two on Morty. Well, they actually missed Morty with both attacks, even though he has probably the shittiest AC of all of you. Just rolled a two, three. That's dumb luck for you, cute little pup. Yep, mm. finally something not shitty happens to Morty <laughs> in a combat. So at the end of their turn, you can see just more of them starting to crowd in and encircle the group as they back up carefully into this protective meaty can, uh, making it Arvid's turn. I'm sad I don't have any area of effect. And I was looking at spells. I was like, I really just, I could jump somewhere. You can hit two boys. That's something. Mm-hmm. You, you can consistently kill two every turn. And mm-hmm. that is a not a bad thing at all. You could oh. jump on top of the can and have an awesome like can top battle with all the things like swarming up the sides as your Sparta kicking them off. Wasn't and... taunt a thing at some point? I keep feeling like I should be able to taunt enemies and I'm upset that I can't. I think that's a fighter thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, that is an ability that battle masters have, but you can also just like attempt to draw their attention. It just takes your action. With my amazing persuasion it would be intimidate i would i would say you could flavor the same things you use to taunt like to scare things you would use to get their attention if it's a combat situation oh although that one time that they hit they definitely did enough damage that it would kill me Mm -hmm. so i maybe shouldn't do it i'll just hit him yeah do it smash two uh yeah axie boy on on one Mm -hmm. ram on the other that's a that's an explosion if, if you need the blast, go ahead and add it. But in the meantime, it's just surviving them. 13 plus. Yeah, two plus. more. Eat eat a butt. <laughs> just a big headbutt, literally. <laughs> How long do you think we can hold out? I don't know. As long as we must. And that brings us to Artyom's turn. As he says that. Well, from this position, I can hit everything. So only one of them will get a slash at you. I will do that. I'll take the hit. Okay. Uh, 22. Suck my ass. <laughs> uh, nine damage. Neat. Uh, ooh, I am not doing great. And with that, another wave of one, two, three, four, five, six, eight of them just fucking explode from the radiance of dawn coming out of. So yeah, I literally go as long as we must, and I just run into them and just like explode in light. Yeah, you're taking a massive gash on the way, opening a huge wound, but then this wave of light, and it's like scorching the mushrooms around you and burning away the wet carpet beneath your feet. Smells like Sunday mushroom stew. <laughs> Yummy. From this angle, can mm. I see on top of the can? Yes, it looks like there's probably six of them up there. Oh. If anyone didn't see your light thing earlier, they probably saw that. Is there another wave approaching? Yes. How far are they from from us? Uh, about eighty feet. Okay. Before they move in on their next movement range. That's a little too. I'll I'll hold a toll the dead until they get within. I think sixty feet is toll the dead's range. Yep, it is. Yep. So I'll just hold a toll the dead, and I'm gonna use the can to make a big old gongy noise. Sure. <laughs> Chris. I'm going to hold a twinned chromatic orb, being thunder. With my intent being, if I see an enemy up top, I'm going to electrify the can. Thunder is not electric. Lightning. Lightning. There we go. Lightning. I always get them confused. Well, it's super say, important. No, okay. it's true. Thunder is sonic damage. Uh, I'm going to do it with lightning. You you see them. They're starting to like creep over. You are positive that there are enemies on top of the can. 
Okay, well, then I'm just not going to wake. I'm just going to straight up just electrify this can. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that because they take at least a point of damage each from that, you're going to kill six of them. Yes. I would recommend not using the twin, though. Yeah, not not using yeah, the just twin. Just one. <laughs> one will yeah. do. I, I thought it could wait and do. When we electrify them, can we see their skeletons? Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> oh. they don't, they're exoskeletons. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah, you could before, too. Uh, that makes it the enemy's turn. And as another wave of these swift-moving, seemingly unending, horrible beasts comes ripping through, leaping up onto the can and around, you feel the earth under your feet starting to quake. One of them does need to make a wisdom save. Yeah, we'll just say this one dies. <laughs> okay. It sounds kind of like this. <laughs> Except more impressive and damaging. <laughs> oh, from our scale, for sure. Yeah. Oh. You notice the mushrooms between you and these quickly moving waves of predators charging at you begin to lift up out of the ground, and the wet carpet and floor explode outward as a series of bright colored fungus tentacles come ripping out attached to this massive four-legged beast that's just grabbing them and smashing them and it's seeming to grow up out of the soft earth under the floorboards and you see figures emerging from underneath the huge mushrooms surrounding you they themselves are mushroom people large wide caps mm -hmm. uh, faces growing out of their soft fungal bodies and they seem to be attacking these insectoids that are coming at you and this this huge tentacled beast seems to be under their control guys i love um, them <laughs> and it's slamming and ripping and just thrashing about anything coming near it being destroyed. Other ones have little spears that they're harpooning into them and a much larger one with a big red cap on top of his head and what seems like a, like a rotund heavy belly gestures to this huge cropping of mushrooms near the can and says, this way, quickly, this way, and lifts up some of the floorboard and you can see a little cavity underneath with a passageway that you could dive into. I want to make a move to <laughs> get the hell out of here. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant make a move, like you were going to start hitting on one of these mm -hmm. fungus people. <laughs> I'm going to make my move. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's just gesturing with his floppy mushroom hand. And you can all dive into the hole as these things keep the insectoids at bay. He follows you down and you can see you're entering this thick, fungusy growth. Everything is hairy with mold. The smell is a little bit difficult, but it seems safe and quiet as the sounds of combat rage on above you. <laughs> I mean, there's cliche, and then there's this, Kip. Magical fallout shelters shrinks you down to the size of a blueberry, and you either die fighting a bunch of microscopic squatters or starve to death at a moldy bachelor pad. You've seen this before, Storm? I thought it was pretty surprising, honestly. <laughs> nah, I'm tugging your tusks, Kip. Are you kidding? This is some of the weirdest transmutilation I've seen since that warlock turned my friend into a sewer drain. A uh, sewer drain? What, what kind of magic? I I've never... Is he okay? Oh, I mean, he had it coming. He was a real jackass, no tact, few too many, and he'd be picking fights with the lampposts because they looked at him funny. Well, how about now? Oh, now? Well, now he's, uh, now he's great. Sticks and stones, sword and axe. Lay down before us, and we will crush you with our bare hands. We will twist and snap. Break you down and put you back together. Disc alignment. Sciatic comfort. Neck adjustment. Clan Crackmore. Orcish chiropractors. You are not spineless. 
and we have your back. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What is up, LU Cuties? I'm really liking LU Cuties so far. Uh, we got a little bit of housekeeping for you. Uh, first, I want to thank our Patreon subscribers, in particular our newest Patreon, Corey. Thank you so much. You are the literal greatest human being alive. Let's also hear it for our legendary team, Jeff Ammons and Dave Mladenov. You guys are amazing, and everyone else's continued support on Patreon. It means the world to us. Do you know what else means the world to us? Denmark. Thanks, Danes. We love you. Moving on, Rose City Comic Con is coming up quick. And just a reminder that Law and myself and possibly some of the cast will be present at the Orcs, Orcs, Orcs booth on Saturday the 14th from 11 to 1. We'll be carrying some swag for you and plenty of glorious personality. Uh, We really hope to see some local fans there. Uh, Law will also be hosting the Rose City Comic Con's first ever live D&D game in room 3 at 3.30 that same Saturday. I also want to give a shout out to Anthony Caffiero, proprietor of Orcs, 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 an amazing human being who has shown tremendous support to Slapdash Studios. We just recorded Chapter 8 with Anthony as our guest star, and I'm super excited to get those episodes out for you. And finally, I want to thank everybody again for listening. This community keeps growing, and it is intoxicating to receive such love from around the world. If you want to help us keep growing, please reach out to friends, family, and disinterested professionals and point them to the LUQ.com, where they can see our commercial sampler and all of our other meaningless nonsense. It really makes a tremendous difference. Anyway, without further ado, let's get back to the action. Another day running the Trolls Road to deliver precious cargo. Icy roads, cold wind, dangers all around. You're Dornish born. Raised in the mountains and tough as tempered steel. You need a wagon that's tough as you are. Introducing the new Lachey Lancer. Molten forged iron hubs, triple reinforced Eldwood, massive cargo bed, and heavy Dornish leather tack. Road is long, but you ain't scared. You're Dornish tough. You choose Lachey. That was a close one. Are you all right? Not really. Oh dear. What brings you here? You are strange outsiders. The worm almost killed you. The what? The worm. This is a terrible word for your mouth to have to say. I agree. (laughs) I've got big cheeks. (laughs) They are very good cheeks. Um, we have been, ugh, well, I honestly forgot how long ago it has been, maybe five minutes? Uh, five minutes ago, we came in here and we found ourselves very tiny, like this. 
Uh-huh. Do you know how small you are? I assume just the right size. You're just the right size for me. <laughs> uh, we are typically much larger creatures. I see. But there is something in this space that makes us very small. Just like the founder. Who is the founder? He is the one who was here before, the giant that overwatched everything. He's the one that gave us our food, and it was just a, a god behemoth, and he just vanished one day. You have no idea where he went? No, there are still signs of him above the Great Plateau, but we have not seen him. That is good news that we have more information. We are similar to these large creatures. Ooh. But uh, something has made us small. Yes, something strange has happened here. It used to be just fine, but since then, the worm have become very intelligent. They seem to move in packs and hunt as though they are keen, and my people began to be able to speak to one another. Wow. Before this, you could not talk? No, the Shrumbara were just a quiet folk that grew and ate and existed peacefully. How long ago did you begin to talk? Oh, what is this concept you're speaking of? Time? Duration? Uh... We're underground. In a bunker. I imagine if they were not able to speak, they probably were not able to keep time either. That's okay. Um, Have there been others like us? Non-verm, non-shroombara? Yes, the shroombara. That is we, my people, my children. Uh, we, and he holds out these like big mitteny fungus hands and tries to like reach for Harothax's hands and gesturing for your claw. I'll, I'll give him my hands. And he studies it. Yes. Yes, you look like the big ones did. Yes, uh, you have the tools that you may need to get to the top of the Great Plateau. My people cannot make the climb, nor can the worm. We lack opposable thumbs. We can't grip things to climb. <laughs> it is a great and dangerous climb that only the strongest climbers could make. It's been like five minutes. They already have a lore going on. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he gestures through the floorboards up at the plateau and says, There, where the great Everlight is, we see the shadows cast. We believe it as the founder. He waits for us. He will return to us and rid us of the worm. One can only hope. Unfortunately, whatever is causing this worm to be thinking is also what is causing them to be thinking. I'm afraid that if we try to help them, we might end up taking away their, their sentience. They'll never know. That is not make it acceptable. No. Thought is a gift that, once given, can never be taken away. Do you wish for me to show you the way to the plateau so you can make the great climb? Yes, please. You're welcome to rest here in the safety of the Shroombara hovel. This is a good idea. I think that's wise. If he has been shrunken small, that means there are probably other vermin. Verm? Verm, you called him? The worm, yes. There are probably other verm attacking him. We have no idea how much longer they have. Or if the uh, team is already taken care of. Have you seen? You have not seen any more of us, no? I have not. Okay. We do not venture far from the mold fields for fear of Lemon Tooth. Le- lemon Tooth? A mighty beast. A giant. Um, can you draw a picture? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure it's a note for me. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I'm definitely going to carve, uh, uh, no, a picture of a little mushroom dude crudely on a, one of the sides of the mushroom stalks, you know. No, oh, you are cutting it. Chris, do you, it'll grow back. Do you have the ability to, uh, do you have any kind of illusion magic or anything like this? And try to explain um, to them what art is. Hmm. It is a deep conversational <laughs> well. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't. This is Akia. It's okay. These things are not important to my people, but it would be good if you could return the founder to us. No, it's, it, this is not about you. Not everything is about you, Mushroom Man. <laughs> Uh, I, you must understand, if there is something out there with a name, 
like a fancy name like Lemontooth, you have an understanding. We cannot go out there at risk without some understanding of what it is. So I'm gonna mm. grab I'm gonna grab my rapier. I'm gonna cut into the floor. I'm gonna draw a dog. Mm-hmm. Does it look like this? Yes. Oh, what? First try. Look, okay. yeah. Wait. Does it also look like this? And I draw a cat. Yes, that's oh. it. Oh, nice. All the same, try, isn't it? Try a rat. I'm going to draw a rat. Does it look like this? Yes. <laughs> you draw with lines and picture sounds. <laughs> Beautiful. So if there's anything that is big. Uh, Haruthax will use their claw to draw like a like a two-legged person. Is it like this? No, that's not it. really. It's probably quadrupedal. I'll draw something with six legs. Kinda. It's getting there. You're not as good as these two. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's probably some kind of pet. It could just be a rat. Rats have yellow teeth. Yeah. I'm guessing a rat. At this size, a rat would be pretty catastrophically dangerous. Duh. Great. Rat quest. Okay. <laughs> well, your spores are leaking out, so why don't you rest here until you're ready to make the great climb? <laughs> look, oh. I look at my I'm just bleeding. Duh. <laughs> uh, probably. It's I so am so happy that we're tackling the giant rat quest in at level five That's instead so of level one. <laughs> uh, we probably do not have over much time, so we will not stay long. That is fair. <laughs> we'll take a short rest. Hey. <laughs> so, so feel free to roll hit dice if you want to recover them. You Can have I? up to five. Plus con for each die rolled. Follow me. I will show you to the great ascension to the plateau. What, what is your name? Do you know what names are? Oh, they call me Lord Enoki. Lord Enoki. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and he leads you through the winding fungal growths underneath the floorboards, where they emerge near the base of the bed, which is very close to the table. And there you're at the leg of one of the tables and you're let out safely. There's tons of shadows and like dust bunnies being cast underneath the bed itself. Uh, but it is it's like a massive expanse of darkness. Tread not under the shadow caster. Head only to the light. Works for me. All right. The Shumbara wish you luck. You have the blessings of our people. Thank you. I have a question for you, Lord Dinoke. It's a very difficult question. Do you speak for your people? We all usually agree on stuff. We're not too high-strung or anything. <sighs> if it meant reading you of the verm, mm-hmm. would you be willing to go back to the way you were before? Well, you see very little difference between how we were and how we are now. If you believe that to be true, then I think we can do that for you. Everything was so easy. We just kind of grew and ate and it was nice and peaceful. My heart's uh, breaking. I can't I, deal with this. It's too much. I can't deal with it's this. My heart's breaking. Oh, my heart. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have fun and be safe. <laughs> I'm just gonna go back and hang out with my people some more. Make sure everyone's doing good after that verm fight. Tell your mycelia I love her. Oh, yeah, I'll just tell everyone. I'm sure one of them's the right one. Oh, oh, oh my god, precious. How do you think they learned how to speak this tongue? I imagine they were listening to a what is his name. How do I keep forgetting his name? The founder. Torres. Yes, Torres, the founder. Hmm. And when you look back, Lord Enoki is gone. Shall we? I think this might actually be the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me now. (laughs) And at that, you hear a sound. There's a soft sound at first from a great distance. You had to say something. And it sounds like a... And you look up at the great plateau, or the table slash desk as it were. And a thread is lowering down from the edge of it. Down, down, down. 
It looks like a piece of clothing fabric, like the threads from some kind of garment. Oh, okay. That have been unwoven. There's still little snaggles and things from where it was stitched. And the distance up is too high to see where its source is directly, but it simply lowers down, very close to where your party is standing. Well, this seems specifically convenient. I'm not going to look gift horse in mouth. I grab it. It gives for just a sec, and then it's tight. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you should be at the bottom in case one of us falls. Okay. Wait a minute. What do we do about uh, a woof woof? We could tie it around him and pull him up after us. Yes. This is good. We have climbing gear. We could put him in a harness. Wait, but if he moves while we are climbing? That's what the harness is I'll for. I'll tell him to stay still. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you tell him to wait for whistle? Well, if, if something happens and he thinks it's the right idea to move, then he can. Arvid's a good enough climber that you could just bind Morty to your back with your climbing gear and he would be pretty still. Like Isn't a, like a, a big back dog? Yes, he's very big. Like large though, isn't he large? I mean, he takes up the space of a large creature, yeah, but he's not so heavy that Arvid couldn't carry him. Jesus, okay. We could, I'm, I'm just gonna say it, we could knock him out. What? Oh. It doesn't have to be violently. You could, if you think you can carry the dog... This is okay. You can leave him with the Shroombara too. Except that if for some reason we uh, break the shrinking spell and then giant dog falls on top of all of tiny little people, this is not so good. <laughs> well, you've got options anyway. You you can carry him, yes? Yeah. You'll be at a disadvantage to climb, but you're also uh, very good at it. It's it's, it's a heavy weight, but you're, it's doable for you. I'll give you guidance. I, I'm... I still feel like carrying, like tying him is probably still the best. And then you've got a, you've got the tension from both ends of the rope. Right? It works for me. It's great. Okay, let's do that. And you just have to drag a large dog up uh, an insurmountable amount of distance. And if you're willing to cast a spell for speak with animals, you can not just imply that he should stay, but verbally tell him, tell him you no have to sit terms, here. Unless uh, whatever lemon tooth is. Yeah, we might want to save that for talking to him. Does it also it? lasts like a couple mm. hours, I think. Oh, cool. Doesn't Morty doesn't Morty passively understand Arvid? Passively, yeah, but for commands, he's still kind of a young, dumb puppy, so okay. he wouldn't. He gets confused easy. But yeah, the spell lasts a couple hours for speak with animals. Sick. All right, what do you tell Morty? Yeah, where are we going? Okay, Morty. So uh, we're going straight up there. You cannot climb like I can. No. No. So I'll stay. Yeah, you'll stay here. Yeah. We want to tie you to the rope, and I'll pull you up. Mm. Uh, stay. Yeah. Stay. Unless it's dangerous, and then bark loudly, <clears throat> and I'll listen for you, and we'll figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does a little circle and just lays down. Good boy. Stay. Puts his nose on his paws. Stay. Stay. Pierces her for a minute, and then looks around. Stay. <laughs> All right, so let me know the order of the ascension for the climbing. Uh, I guess I can go first. Uh, well, how how are you how you you and I have the same athletics, right? Yeah, but I've got better dexterity. You go first. I'll go behind you. Uh, well, actually, where are you? Comparing? Same same as the rest of you, plus zero, mm. straight roll. Okay. Well, then maybe you two first, and then me, then Arvid. Okay. Yes, I will go first. I have plus two dexterity, plus two. Yeah. Okay. Climbing order achieved. All right. Cool. So I just need an athletics check from everyone to see how well you climb the rope. It's gonna be shit. Doesn't have to be amazing, but it's just a very far distance. Natural 20! Hell yeah. So you're going to make some good progress. Uh, I'll cast Guidance on Crist. Okay. Yeah, I'll cast Guidance on... Wait, we're not doing anything. Oh, whatever. I'll cast Guidance on uh, artifacts. Okay. 14. 16. All right. You all did just fine, and you're making very good <sighs> progress up this thread, and which to you guys is at this point a pretty burly rope. 
it, it offers very little resistance. Sometimes it just barely like slides a tiny bit, but you can tell it's attached pretty firmly to whatever it's attached to. Counterweight of Morty down below seems to be quite helpful. <laughs> and at this point, you've made it about halfway up and you're hanging like right near one of the legs of the tables. So occasionally if it kind of sways, you can put your foot against it, which is much easier in resting your arms in this dangerous climb. But you're getting to a point where the leg starts to taper and you're gonna have to finish the rest of it with just your you know upper body strength. Uh, and at that point, you hear... <laughs> <gasps> oh gosh. Oh, no. And as you look down below you, you see a shape emerging from the side of the leg of the table from underneath, and a very large eight-legged creature attaches itself to the thread that you're attached to, and a massive tarantula-sized spider begins to climb its way up the thread behind you. And we're going to enter a climbing skill challenge. Oh, oh bollocks. So the mechanics of this skill challenge work as follows. On your turn, you can take either an athletics check to climb. That is an option you have no matter how many people do it. And if you pass the DC for your climb check, you will give your entire group a plus one to your speed to get to the end of the rope. Every successful person in that group who is climbing that turn and helping in that fashion adds a plus one to the total distance the group moves as you're helping each other. Or you can use one of your actions to creatively find a way to use one of your skills to slow down the spider. It has a set speed that it's going to go at the end of every turn. And if it catches up with you, that is technically going to be a failure because it's going to do spidery things when it catches up with you. It is going to do spidery things. So you could either all just climb, climb, climb as fast as you can to make it, or you can do things while the rest of the group are climbing and pulling to slow it down a little bit. Okay. And we're just going to keep the same initiative order as the last fight. So we're going to start with Krist, Harothax, Arvid, ending with the spider. And it didn't start getting onto the thread until you guys were halfway up. It was on the leg of the table, which is why, you know, it doesn't even know about Morty at this point. So starting with Krist. Uh, I'm going to frostbolt its face. Okay. So using go, my arcana. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So go ahead and roll me your arcana check. Uh, am I still blessed? No. Okay. Take a short rest. That's a straight up nine. Straight up nine. Wait, hold on, sorry. So that's a five plus five, so ten. All right, you try to look downward past your party members swinging below you to throw out the bolt of ice, and it flies downward and you slip a little bit. That makes a Tyrothax. I'll just go ahead and give it an athletics-y go Please. and roll 1d20 plus minus nothing. Blip. That looks. Is that 16? You tell me. It is a 16. That is good. The party moves forward one total block of movement. Next up is Artyom. I will not do athletics because that's not going to be great for me. Uh, instead, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of pull out the pink brick and take a shot. Okay, so do me a perception check, we'll say, for the skill. Perception, to... okay. Not great. 15? 15 is enough. And I actually have different variables of how much you slow it down based on how well you roll. Uh, so for the end of this turn, the spider has lost a full square of movement. That brings us to Arvid. Arvid is also just going to straight up climb, climbing so hard that, uh, you know, you're like pushing people forward. Totally. And again, if, if you roll exceptionally well on the climb, <laughs> there is a bonus for how far the total group moves. Arvid climbs so hard, it just like does that like pile up thing. Oh, that's a two. What's your athletics bonus? That's a six. I got a total of eight. Thank you. Not quite enough to move the party forward. So you're just kind of catching the flank and you're just in shock of this huge spider down behind you absolutely flabbergasted by the presence of this massive climbing boy. And at the end of the turn, it's going to make its movement. Doodle doodle doot. Cool. Yikes. Bringing us back to Chris. Oh, uh, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the climb. Awesome. That is a 16. Excellent. Party moves forward. Autothax. I'm going to use Arcana and I'm going to try and hex it. 
Mm, to give it disadvantage on strength F, uh, ability checks. Absolutely. I love that. Just feeding dark magic into it to weaken its strength. 17. Awesome. So you have slowed it down effectively. That makes it Artyom. You can see the edge of the table up ahead, but the spider is gaining quickly. Duh. I'm going to go ahead and attempt my athletics. Okay. I just don't want to waste it. That's a 19. Hell yeah. Good athletics rolls from everywhere. So the the tension of the situation and the adrenaline is flowing as you're all just hand over hand. Oh God, giant spider fuck shit ass butt. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to Arvid, Mr. Climby Boy. It didn't go very well for me last time. I'm scared of spiders in real life. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's okay. Icky. Uh, The more reason to climb fast. Yes. Let's do that. That's slightly better. That's like... um, 14? Yeah. Super good. As Arvid is now pushing everyone in front. We've got one more round. The spider is going to move its full distance because no one slowed it down, but you guys made some very he, good... I progress. slowed it down. He nastied it with Oh, that. with one. I apologize. You did. So back one. Nice. Thank you for the reminder. And on the last round, we'll see if you guys make it to the end of the table, starting with Christ. All right. Let's climb. That's another 16. Perfect. Impressive. Look at these spellcasters rolling like slick ass athletics <laughs> yeah. checks. So my athletics check is a one ninety twenty. That's really going. Yeah, it's all the way over there. I don't know what it's. I can't see it because your dice suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, that is a four. All right, so there's no progress for Harothox's. What turn. did you have for your thingy? Lower. Oh, Rag okay. the same. <laughs> for what? Oh, his. Oh, oh my saved roll. My yeah. brain was screaming that you were going to ask what he had for lunch. No, it was just like that's what he's. I going had to a hunch it might have happened. Yeah, because it could affect your roll. Yeah. <laughs> it was a chicken sandwich. Even I know that. Damn. So we have to get all the way to the end in order to get off. You've got one more round. Oh, uh, we've got one more round. Okay, yeah. then I'm gonna. Th- go. This is the last round of progress. He's either gonna catch you or it's not. I'm gonna go for athletics. Nice. Thirteen. That's enough to move the group forward. One. Ooh. That'll do it. And Arvid. Oh, Arvid. Arvid. Um. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll point out that if you if you move the group forward. By even one, it won't catch you. And if you slow it down by one, it won't catch you. But if you do neither, it will catch you. You are killing me. <laughs> this is too much pressure for me. I'm just giving you the deets. Okay, gotcha. This is supposed to be a tense situation. Can you recklessly climb? If you burn <laughs> a round of rage, I will give you advantage on your climb check. That is a large trade-off. But we don't know what happens if we fail. If we I will not do it. By a spider. But That's instead, what of just, instead of just climbing, um, we're going to go for like... You know that that spear that I've been carrying around for a while? I'm just going to like try to at the spider. Um, and I'm not going to roll into this box because I feel like it's holding me back. Sure. And this is still athletic, so it's your same bonus regardless. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an 18 then. 18? That's very good. The group is just starting to crest the edge of the table. Chris, who is in front, as your hands meet the lip of the table, uh, an old hand reaches out and grabs yours. And just as you look back, you see the spider closing in inches away from Arvid, which on this scale is a distance still, but um, <laughs> right when Arvid turns around and hurls a spear into one of its eight eyes, and it slows down just enough that the four of you push the final crest and land on the table. And as you look up, you see an old man with a large cane in his hand, and what looks like a club foot, with a burning red hair fading into white at the ends. Hi there, I'm Taurus Malbar. The bloody hell are you doing in this weird shithole? <laughs> <sighs> Storm? Storm, are you okay? You've been down there for a minute. Did you drop something? No, uh... <coughs> we alive? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, okay. Well, 
What were you doing down there? <laughs> Look, I can handle house spiders. Okay, if I absolutely have to. I'll even suck it up and gut a few eight-legged freaks the size of Labradors. But when a creepy crawly the size of a Lachey Lancer comes barreling down on some chump dangling for miles by last night's floss, well, that's just a bit too much for me. Makes an orc glad he's out of the game. Well, the chase is over and our team is safe for now. But for how long? What other dangers await the Mortal Dawn as our micro-heroes explore the unknown corners of these colossal confines? What small-scale foes pose impossible trials for our tiny team? Will they break the spell and escape this dangerous domicile, or will they face a diminutive demise? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing! If it's still there when you turn that monitor back on, I'm done. You can find another tub of guts in a suit to show those dead men walking, because mine'll be on the floor. Are we doing the thing? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I'm assuming the spider is still coming, right? Like, I don't know. He just got a spear in the eye. Again, if we just cut that. Oh, no. We cannot cut the rope. <laughs> don't let anyone cut the rope. No, My dog yeah. is on the rope. Yeah. That's the drawback. Yeah. It's Alante's turn? Yes. Hey. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, we're just going to go around the table, say what's up, starting with Zach. Cool. Uh, my name is Zach. I play Artyom Volkov, the Cleric of Sun and Suffering, and I'm also the editor, producer, and uh, creative, creative director. I'm not the creative director. I'm the technical director. Of I Slap get demoted. <laughs> 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 really some lackluster painting on those minis. Law. Oh, I didn't know. My, wait a second. That's Gorgeous. probably the best thing I've done. <laughs> They're breathtaking. Uh, my name is Law. I am the miniature painter and the dungeon master, the dungeon master For of League now. of Ultimate Questing. Uh, yeah, I hope you surpass me, please. Uh, I will give you some to paint. Um, and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. I'm Sam. I play Arid. Uh, and that's all. Don't like spiders. Don't mm -hmm. like them. Nope. I'm Michael. I play Haruthex, the level five dragonborn warlock. Uh, and my name is Alante, and I play Chris... Zagrand, the Crystalline Sorcerer. Thank you very much for joining us at the League of Ultimate Questing. Uh, new episodes go live every Monday and bonus content every Friday. And also please check out our other awesome show, D20 Questions. And we're also launching our, or I guess it's already been out for a little while, our Patreon. Mm -hmm. So check that out. Uh, and of course, you can listen to us at the LUQ.com or wherever podcasts are available. Uh, and if you have questions for the show or are interested in advertising opportunities, uh, fake ads, or just want to say hi, <laughs> then please contact admin at slapdashstudios.com or, you know, follow us on social media like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram at slap the dash. We're definitely looking forward to more questions and just more interaction with you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> and if you like the podcast, either one, all of them, whatever, uh, please share it with your friends, family, everyone, and we're just going to keep growing and questing together. And until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>